It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop. Well, hello once again. Welcome to another Tucson Means Business, uh, proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club, where right now there's a bit of golf going on, but that's about all. Uh, unfortunately, you know, naturally due to the COVID-19, uh, as with everywhere else, uh, closed down in the restaurant totally, not even uh, pick up foods or anything, and uh, completely closed uh, otherwise. But the golf is there, um, carefully uh, kept apart, spread apart, single carts and so on. So you can still get out in the sun and uh, at least go and do that if you uh, abide by the rules. Alrighty. But welcome to another show, and I have a very special guest today. Mary Darling grew up in an entrepreneurial family with her father owning and operating an aviation business in Sacramento, California. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, Mark. Well, uh, about that time, I think you, uh, you know, hanging around as a child probably uh, ended up flying yourself. Uh, you would not have paid, I guess. It was more of a, a working time for you, was it? Yes, I worked at the airport through most of my teen years, and instead of getting paid money, I was compensated with flying lessons. I soloed an airplane at 16 years old. That was very good. I mean, a lot of uh, uh, teenagers actually fly. I mean, I flew myself at one time, but it took me till uh, I was a bit older than that, but... It seems to be an age where you can't accost with a car, but with, with flying, um, you know, young teenagers can actually fly. So here you were at 16. Marvellous. You must have enjoyed that. Even then, I imagine, Mary, it wasn't, wasn't cheap, even in those days, to learn to fly, right? Correct. It would have cost thousands of dollars because I not only received regular flying lessons, but I went on to take aerobatics <laughs> and twin-engine Oh. Turboprop and instrument flying lessons, too. So you did all of that as well, fully qualified. Wow. Very good. So over your lifetime, you've developed a love for entrepreneurship, uh, engineering, construction, technology, and innovation. There's a bit of a mixture for you. Yes. I worked for an engineering firm in the early 1990s and got experience in most of those fields. And that job taught me enough to coalesce my passions. So then I co-founded Darling Environmental and Surveying, which we later rebranded to Darling Geomatics with my husband, Rich Darling, in 1996. Rich and I grew our business from scratch with his expertise in land surveying and my expertise in entrepreneurship, biology, and law. Well, uh, t tell, us, uh, tell us more about that, Mary, if you would. Darling Geomatics, correct? Yes. Darling Geomatics is an award-winning, high-tech, 2D and 3D land surveying, aerial mapping, and construction verification company. We generate the highest quality data and do it in literally one-tenth the time of a conventional surveyor. We can even collect data remotely. We do it from the land with cutting-edge engineering-grade GPS, LIDAR, and laser tracking, and from the air with state-of-the-art survey drones. Wow. So you are a Tucson company, right? But you've been very successful in securing overseas business, Mary. Yes. Oh, in the 1990s, we started working overseas. Oh, back we then. We started in Mexico. Okay. Yes. 
Now, with all this flying and what have you, state-of-the-art drones, how many drone pilots uh, in your firm, and do they all have to be certified? We currently have four drone pilots, including me, and yes, we all must be commercially licensed by the FAA. And although my team of drone pilots is highly qualified, I still find time to be one of the drone pilots for certain special projects, which is a cool perk of being the boss. <laughs> okay, so your global headquarters are here in Tucson. And uh, from what I can ascertain, your, your customers' projects are on time, they're on budget, and they're on spec. This is why you've become so successful. And it's great to hear because we're Tucson means business. And here you are, a, a company uh, headed by a woman, a uh, uh, a strong lady that knows exactly what she's wanted to do and build a very successful company. What inspired you to to start your own firm and to do so in, in what I would think is such a male-dominated space? Well, I grew up with three brothers. I was always around cars, airplanes, and motorcycles. I worked at an airport, and I just never thought about whether a profession was for men or women. And I love a challenge. And being an entrepreneur in a high-tech field is always challenging. New technology means you're always reinventing processes and learning new and challenging ways to do the work safer and more efficiently. Our whole team you know, thrives on problem-solving where others cannot and winning against all odds. It's been fun, rewarding, and best of all, We've earned the dedication and enthusiastic loyalty of over 1,000 customers over the past 26 years. And that's not bad for a man or a woman. Definitely not. What are the services that you offer and what are the most popular? We offer a wide variety of land surveying services, including construction staking, topographic mapping, 3D as-builds, building information modeling, which is also known as BIM, aerial surveying and mapping, 3D construction verification, underground tunnel mapping, and a wide variety of aerial inspection services, including thermal imaging with drones. And they're all popular. Well, this is a very competitive field. I mean, uh, how have you managed to be such a dominating force in your space? Uh, how have you shall we say, differentiated yourself as a company? The foundation of our continued success rests on three factors. One, we listen intently to our customers. We learn and understand their needs, sometimes even better than they do. And accordingly, we meet and often exceed their expectations. Two, we constantly reinvent and reinvest in our business. Every year, we buy and upgrade virtually all our hardware, drones, and software. And this is not typical in the industry, but we've always had the philosophy that our customers deserve the best products and services that are available that match their needs. And three, we were always interviewing, adding to our staff. We're constantly training them on state-of-the-art products and software we have the best in the business with over 150 years of combined surveying experience, over 30 years of combined 3D scanning experience, and over 20 years of combined drone experience, including the four licensed pilots. Mm, it sounds like um, 
you may have been ahead of your time in some ways. You know, I mean, uh, you must do well to be able to upgrade and replenish equipment all the time. I mean, it's not cheap. How has this pandemic affected your business and your customers? Well, although many companies in the construction industry have been negatively affected by the pandemic, we're really proud and pleased that our customers have been impacted less than others. And that's due to the decision we made over 10 years ago. At that time, we decided to make a major investment in software that provided our customers with the ability to work remotely from their desks, homes, and even their cell phones. We provided them with the ability to work remotely before working remotely was even being talked about. Mm. And they can get the job done on time and safely from anywhere. And that's what it's all about. So what type of challenges do your customers encounter that you solve for them? All types, but mainly measurement challenges. People Mm. need to know where they should build in relation to property lines, where they should build in relation to design plans, what the elevations are at various locations on their property and more. We're also able to help them avoid problems before they, before they occur. We show them where construction is not the same as design plans, where existing structures have defects, where weaknesses could cause failures in structures in the future, and more. And this has saved them millions of dollars in what could have been catastrophic problems. Yeah, well, one thing that comes to mind there for me, Mary, just out of uh, out of the blue, I was thinking of uh, earthquakes. I was thinking of, uh, you know, disasters, natural disasters that could affect bridges as well, all sorts of things. So the work you do, uh, technically you can foresee this type of thing and, and you prepare for that as such, right? Correct. Let's talk about drones. Uh, They've become exceptionally popular over the last few years. Uh, More and more for real estate are being used as well. What do you see as the future of drones? Well, it seems like everyone loves drones nowadays. I certainly do. And for the industry, they're a safer, quicker tool for getting accurate aerial topographic data, the lay of the land, so to speak. We get measurable aerial images from our drones construction inspection data, bridge road and building inspection data, and more. Mm. And not all drones are created equal. There are some drones that are inexpensive and fun, but not very accurate for mapping purposes. Right, right. Our company uses survey-grade drones. Yeah. Include special sensors. Yeah, you've got to have the right tools, in other words, right? I mean, yours, yours aren't little Correct. weekend backyard fly-around things, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. They're survey grade. Right. Instead. Hmm. Well, they're being used around the world. Uh, they're a new and growing uh, tool for humanitarian needs, too, in underdeveloped countries. Can you share with us there a couple of examples? Yes. They're being used in Puerto Rico and other locations after hurricanes, When roads are washed out, drones are being used to carry medical supplies. Drones are being used for real-time inspections of buildings and roads to determine the extent of damage after hurricanes, floods, fires, and more. They're used to find access routes for trucks and emergency vehicles. They're used for search and rescue. There are a lot of great applications now for drones. And... um by the way, we're talking with Mary Darling from Darling Geomedics. But what, what is the most exciting 
projects, if you were to think back, that your company has worked on? Well, one of the ones our team enjoyed the most was their work on the Navy Zumwalt-class destroyers in Bath, Maine. Mm. We worked on two different destroyers. They worked at the Navy shipyard for weeks at a time and saw construction of the most advanced stealth ships in the world. Our company was hired to scan the deck houses and the hulls of the ships, then perform clash detection in 3D with specialized software so the welders could make the right cuts to assure the deck houses fit perfectly on the hull the first time that the cranes dropped the hull, the deck house down on the hull. Mm. Before 3D, this was slow and arduous. The multiple cranes had to lift up and down that deck house numerous times to figure out where to cut. And now the Navy is so pleased with our technology that they're bypassing the union opposition to put this technology in place permanently. And I'll have to level with you, Mark. Me and my crews feel especially patriotic when we get to work on this type of project. I bet you would. I bet you would. So there we go. Class destroyers in Bath, Maine. A lot of security, I bet, involved with that one. When you talk about, uh, uh, just as a matter of interest, the Navy was so pleased with what you did for them that they bypassed union opposition. Just explain that a little bit better for us, if you would. Yes, the union had their own way of doing things. It was old-fashioned, and it was labor-intensive. But it wasn't the best way of doing things, and it was actually dangerous to lift up that deck house, and especially in windy situations, have it on the cranes and being lifted up and down numerous times to mm. cut. Interesting. So this yeah. way is safer. Oh, well, obviously. The yeah. union people, and the union people just didn't know how to do that. So we actually taught them how to do this. I was going to say, it's not as if they were going to miss out long term, you know. Share with us, uh, if you would, Mary, share with us another interesting project that your company has worked on. We're getting an understanding of of what you do. Well, the San Javier Mission Restoration Project was fun and worth special mention. Okay, tell us about that. The architect needed to know the thickness of the walls and domes to assure they were still structurally sound, but they didn't want to drill through them and cause damage. So we scanned the inside and the outside of the entire mission to create a digital replica. Then the digital data was virtually sliced into cross-sections, and all the walls, domes, stairs, pews, and more were measured to determine thickness without destructive testing. Now we have a museum-quality digital replica of the entire mission. It's amazing, isn't it? Mary, you say that you are global. Where have you worked and what have you done? Our companies worked on three continents in six different foreign countries, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Turkey, Honduras, Mexico, and Canada. Over 10% of our business is international, and it grows every year. And for it to grow every year, like you say, is it word of mouth in your business as it is with a lot of others? Definitely. So I guess, the, you know, the more jobs you do and you do them so professionally, um, the more work you're going to get. It's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. What Definitely. keeps you excited about your job? I mean, do you go on these, you know, international jobs and so on? Are you involved? I went to Turkey and I was in Mexico for months at a time on those jobs, yes. Hmm. Sounds nice. So if, if one was to ask you then a single question, what keeps you excited about your job? Learning new things. Being able to offer unique services to our customers. We've actually had over 50 awards for excellence in customer service 
and our innovative high-tech contributions to the industry. And even after 26 years, that never gets old. <laughs> I guess not. Technologies you master, they provide you with opportunities, I guess, that, uh, you know, get behind the scenes in a lot of unique situations. Share some of that with us. Yes. Some of the more recent ones or the more interesting ones include scanning the interior and the exterior of many of the buildings at U of A and ASU. We just scanned the Mercedes-Benz automobile plant in Alabama. We scanned Terminal 2 at San Francisco International Airport and several parts of the Tucson Airport terminals and the airport grounds themselves. We scanned salt mines in Louisiana and Canada. We scanned an underground drug tunnel at the border with Mexico. And we scanned the Arizona Meteor Crater for NASA. Mm. We scanned several airline jet fuel tanks as well as a number of bridges and roads. Can we can we just delve a little deeper on a few of those that you mentioned? Would that be possible? For instance, when you say yes. scanning of the Mercedes-Benz automobile plant in Alabama, what would that involve? They have a one-and-a-half-million-square-foot plant, and they wanted to assure that the plant was built the way it was designed. So we went in and scanned every square foot of this automobile plant. And then we took the data, which we call a 3D as-built, and in specialized software, we compared that to the design plan. And we showed anywhere where the design differed from construction. Ah, now I get it as the as-built, but meaning as if it were built. So Correct, the way it truly was built. Truly was built. Interesting, okay. And, and your software then can what? To the inch degree, find uh, an anomaly, uh, find a mistake, or, or, or how? What, what, exactly. Is that exactly. what it's looking for? If the beam for? is yeah. out of tolerance, yes. If anything is out of tolerance, and the client sets the tolerance, say it's two inches or six inches, whatever the tolerance the client wants, even down to a quarter of an inch or more, mm. we can show them where as-built construction is different. And that way they have a true as-built so as they go forward and want to remodel or if they want to use robotics and the robotics are perfectly programmed to pick a part out of a bin, they don't hit the wall. They hit that bin and the product exactly. Ah, uh, I get it. Well, that's critical, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you've got Definitely. to be spot on when it comes to buildings like that. But let's talk about an underground salt mine. Now, am I visualizing the right thing that uh, what is uh, enforcing it or holding it up? Has that got anything to do with it? The salt mines in Louisiana in Canada? What would you do there that's critical? They need to assure that they have the right structural integrity. And so the width of their columns, the height of the ceilings, the depth, all have to be measured, and it's impossible to do with the tape measure. So with 3D scanning, you get the entire 3D wraparound of that column to assure it's still going to be structurally sound to hold up the ceiling of this underground cave. Well, that is very important, critical. Mm -hmm. But you've got me on this underground drug tunnel. What on earth could you be doing in that? Mm -hmm. Well, how do you know where a tunnel is in relation to the surface? It's hard with a compass and pacing off a tunnel to figure out where it is above on land. And our government wants to know where these tunnels are in location to the surface of land and fences. 
So by scanning underground, we have the technology to take those same map coordinates above ground and lay out a state line showing where that tunnel is and how many feet it is below the surface. Uh-huh. Well, that's amazing. I mean, you know, you watch these movies and so on and the drug cartels and God knows what, and some of these tunnels are amazing what they build, the effort and the time and the manpower it must have taken to get into them. Did you, yeah. when you were doing that particular one job, I mean, do you know of that? Are there many made of those tunnels or are they giving those away now? Pardon? Are they, are they making more of these tunnels or are they giving them away now? Because, you know, guys like you can come along and find out where they are. But they're still making new tunnels all the time. <laughs> really? And the airline jet fuel tanks, that I can understand is critical. But let's understand in layman's terms what you would do there. Well, our client makes the baffles that are making airline jet airlines safer. The fuel doesn't slosh, so it's more energy efficient. And if there were a crash, there's less chance of a fire with this new baffling system in the fuel tanks. However, the manufacturers of the airplanes will not give away their design plans. So we create the 3D as built of that jet fuel tank, and then our customer creates the baffles. Isn't that amazing? And, and I like the yeah. idea about, um, you know, the determinant of fire. Yeah. That, anything to help that is, is a pretty good thing. i tell you what. Definitely. It saves lives. Yeah. Uh, Mary Darling is the CEO and principal owner of Darling Geomatics. That's the company uh, right here in Tucson in uh, beautiful Arizona. And her company does business all over the world. You are known, your company, in my research, I found that you're known for having about the lowest employee turnover in the business. Why do people want to work for you? And why do so many stay for so long when it comes to that? Well, I'm truly blessed with the best team in the industry. We hire professionals who motivated, inspirable, customer-centric team players. They're the best in the business in multiple disciplines. And then we train them on aspects of the business that aren't taught in school. Our on-the-job training programs give them the opportunity to have a meaningful career in a fun and interesting profession. And people excel at our company because they learn by doing what their passion, what they already love. Mm. So what, uh, what advice do you have for people looking for a career in what you do? Well, we believe every surveyor needs a good mathematical foundation, though the high-tech equipment we use does a lot of the work that we used to have to do manually, we still need people to learn and understand mathematical principles behind what they do. That way they recognize incorrect answers and know when something isn't right. Hmm. We don't hire what we call push-button surveyors. We need our surveyors to understand curves, angles, distances, and elevations. We need them to be able to read complex construction plans and translate that, and translate what they see on the plans to stakes on the ground. Am I hearing that you've got to be an A-grade student in mathematics or uh, geometry or physics? Or what criteria do you use when you hire people? You don't have to be an A-plus student, but you have to have the basics. And so we want either previous land surveying experience even for our drone pilots, CAD drafters, and 3D scanning crews. Mm -hmm. Or what we do is we start them at an entry level where they work with another surveyor for years to build the basic skills. 
And then in addition to the aptitude, we're also looking for attitude. We hire people that don't even have a day of land serving under their belt when they arrive, but they're willing to learn. Many have since gone on to become licensed land surveyors. And others are in the process of getting their licenses right now. Well, that's very good to hear. So what do you tell young people still in school when they ask about land surveying? I tell them it's a lot of fun. Some of them already know how to fly a drone <laughs> or do other things that are relevant. But I still want them to know that understanding geography and math are important. I like to tell them that if you enjoy working outdoors and learning new technologies... There are a lot of opportunities right now. A lot of surveyors are at the age where they're retiring. It leaves plenty of new jobs. Well, I, uh, you know, I think it's a wonderful career. And uh, is, is there, how do I put this? Is there still an interest from young people today, as there was 10 years ago, to want to get into this industry? Or is there a decline? Because of the drones and the LIDAR, there is interest, a new interest. That's good. Is, do you think there's any fear that robots will take over too many of these jobs? I think that's a concern for some. But in companies like ours that went high-tech a long time ago, we found out that land surveying will always be around. We just have different and better tools, and those tools are actually keeping our people safer. Instead of standing in the middle of a freeway to collect data, we now use LiDAR and drones. So we don't have to even stop traffic. Yeah, they were dangerous jobs, weren't they? You'd see a lot of people with the hats on in the middle of a darn freeway or in the middle of a, you know, very busy intersection and so on. I I guess there must have been, you know, some nasty accidents over a period of time, you know. We've had, yes, there have been mortalities, not at our company, but land surveyors have lost their lives by standing in the middle of roads. Well, so now you're saying automation makes land surveying even easier, you know, ocean floors, the moon, the planets, even asteroids, I guess. This is always, you know, there's something to survey, isn't there, all the time? Definitely, yes. So what about smart buildings and so on? Well, smart buildings, smart roads, smart cities are all coming into being. And they're all based on digital data. You know, as high-tech surveyors, we're collecting that digital data that replaces paper maps. The data is called Building Information Modeling, or BIM, and it's going to continue to be a growing profession. Anything that's built in the future still needs surveying to determine location and document the as-built conditions during construction so the data can be put into smart, mar- excuse me, smart models. And those models control the heating and cooling, electric sidewalks, elevators, communications, lighting, security, and more. So what I hear you say, Mary Darling, is that there'll always be careers in land surveying, okay? Why? People will always need to know where something is. So even if the earth gets digitized enough over time, so less day-to-day surveying is required, there'll be those ocean floors, the asteroids, the planets, and the moons to survey and map. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't think of it as uh, people not in the industry. You go about your daily life, you know, all different now, we're turned upside down. How, you know, give me an idea then with what you do now is probably uh, you were preparing for pandemics in your own way. You, you can work, can't you, in a bad time like this? 
Yes. We collect the data from the distance. We have one person collect that data, and then we can give it to a dozen different professionals, and they can all work on the project at the same time from their remote office, from anywhere. Yeah, that's that's a great thing to be able to do that. So what is the future of your business that you see now? Well, we're going to continue to grow, focusing on high-tech equipment, so that we can do more work faster and safer without needing a huge staff of people. We like the fact that we can expand globally with our current employees and some new trainees. As long as we keep investing in the fastest, safest, and most accurate technologies to perform the work. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break because uh, thanks to the 49ers Golf and Country Club who sponsored this show, Mary, uh, we've interviewed some incredible um, uh, business people here in Tucson and with wonderful businesses and companies. And that's the show that highlights them in Tucson Means Business. We'll be right back after this break. Well, I hope you're enjoying this uh, episode of Tucson Means Business. And, of course, we're very grateful and very proud to have as our sponsor the 49ers Golf and Country Club, a uh, icon tradition here in wonderful Tucson, Arizona. And uh, my particular guest today from the 49ers is the Director of Membership and Tournaments, and his name is Casey Polivchak. Hi, Casey. Hey, Mark. How's it going today? It's going well. Thank you very much. I want to talk about memberships. A lot of talk uh, about golf clubs going down and people not playing again and we're increasing what's happening there you know the club over the last seven years has just really made a nice big increase in uh in membership it's been steady but if you look at our numbers you know year over year we're definitely on the uh, on the climb is there anything specific that you can uh, point the finger at for that do you think Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we've got a new owner and he came in and he's just revitalized the club. Um, the club was on the verge of uh, going bankrupt or closing uh, when the new owner stepped in and he's just continued to invest in the in the club, the facilities, the golf course, uh, the restaurant. And he's just uh, just a bit of a blessing for the, the neighborhood, the community, but definitely the uh, the members of 49er Country Club. Well, it's quite unique. It's a beautiful course with trees everywhere for shade. And of course, a lot of people think in the desert. I mean, this particular show goes all over the place, so you never know who's going to hear it uh, or which country for that matter. But should they be visiting Arizona? And uh, I've heard a lot about the 49ers Golf and Country Club. It's easy to find. It's on uh, Tancoverde Road heading east out of town. Anybody can point that way. The GPS can get it. Not a problem. It's about 12,000. And you can see it because of the entry gates. Very nice entry gates there and you'll see the club on your left which is the Rincon Mountain Grill as you go into the actual golf club and then you'll find the pro shop and so on so it's easy to find from that point of view what would you say to visitors we do have a lot of visitors don't we from the midwest from the north uh, the colder climates and so on as we call friendly our snowbirds mm -hmm. yep. what would you um, say to them about if they haven't been to the 49ers yet Okay, so 49er, I would liken it to a Midwestern-style golf course because mm. of the tree-lined fairways. Um, when we get our snowbirds in, if they're coming out for a, you know, a golf trip, a lot of times I recommend they come play 49er if it's a warm-up round, if they haven't played for, you know, a couple months because of the snow on the ground. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is it's tucked into the corner of the mountains out there. That's what Rincon means All right. um, in the corner. Uh, but the golf course is, uh, it is. It's more traditional tree-lined fairways, um, elevated tees, elevated greens. Um, 
it's a it's a great golf course to play. It's it's not going to kill you. It's not going to uh, you know have a bunch of huge forced carryovers, desert and cactus and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it's not what one thinks. No, it's not. For the but desert. Yeah. You got to keep it straight. <laughs> It'll challenge you that way. You got to keep it straight. And of course, if you, you know, if, if it talks your cork at the moment, simply go to the 49ers website, which is 49ercc.com. That's spelled out F O R T Y N I N E R C C.com. There you go. Okay, so do that. There's some lovely photographs, great stories to look at, and it'll give you everything about the club. You can't, uh, you can't fail. All right, we're going to be back with Casey another time. You're listening to Tucson Means Business. So you're listening to Tucson Means Business. My special guest in this particular show is Mary Darling. She's the CEO and owner of a company, well, CEO and principal owner of Darling Geomatics, a very interesting company. Uh, If you've been listening and and this appeals to you at all, I I guess they can always contact you, Mary, if if they'd like to meet you. Yes. Our phone number is 520-298-2725, and we can be found on the web at www.darlingltd.com. And the site, tell me about your site. Does that explain a lot of things of what you do? If I was overseas and I wanted to hire an American firm and I came across yours, would that give me and tell me and show me, uh, for instance, uh, you know, that you'd be the company to hire? Yes, and it would do much better than words because pictures are more than a thousand words when it comes to this subject matter. (laughs) And we have videos on our website that really explain. Oh, that's great. That's good. And um, anything else, YouTube, LinkedIn, or anything at all, or just the traditional website? YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Just look up Darling Geomatics. All there. So you're not, uh, are you originally a Tucsonan? Personally? Yes, yes. Did did we start the business here? Oh, no. Where did you come from personally? I was raised in Sacramento, and the airport that I worked on was in Sacramento. That's right. That's right, in California, yeah. And um, the business was started here, though. What, what in turn brought you here to, uh, to Tucson? Actually, my husband and I met at an engineering firm. We both worked for the same firm. And we, I left that firm when it started to get too big and went worldwide but collapsed. Oh. I left before it collapsed. And, and what, then my husband left. <laughs> but, but he was still there when it collapsed then. He was still there. Okay. And so I spent two years on my own as a consultant. And then he came to work my business. And we expanded, formed a corporation, and started doing work where he, as a survey expert, taught me about mapping. And I was doing a lot of environmental habitat assessments and biological surveys. So I taught him biology. And we grew the company together. That's fabulous. What a lovely story. It was all meant to be. Great job. Well, thank you. I mean, it's been fascinating. I uh, I look at your industry differently now. Every building I drive by, <laughs> different things that I see, I'm going to be thinking of different things. Very talented, and I do appreciate the time. Where's your next job? Where are you heading off to? Or can't you tell us? Well, a lot has slowed down because of COVID-19, so we're mm-hmm. spending more time at home. Uh, we've got a lot of work up in Washington State right now, but that's our only out-of-state work this month. Okay. 
or able, hopefully, you know, this won't go on forever. Things will get back. Because what you do is good for uh, the planet. It means jobs for people, and that's what's important too. Mary Darling, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us today on Tucson Means Business. Uh, We wish you well with Darling Geomatics and your future. Well, thank you. You're most welcome. Goodbye now. Goodbye.